yes, Denver. I'm in studio. Yay, me, yay, me. And Carly, hi. Hi, welcome back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I made it, I made it. I, it felt weird to come down here. and I bet. It's been, well, technically it's been two Sundays. Yes. But it's actually been three weeks. Yes. So it just seemed weird to take the trip down, but we made it and we're here and we're going to be, you and me are here to answer all the questions that everybody wants to throw at us. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully everybody's inside what's how muggy the weather is. But it eat, feels so good outside. You're, did your lips just say that? It does. Oh. It really does. But you have a pool that you can go to. Uh, yeah. Well, my parents okay, do. Yeah. 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 So the thing is, with the the big thing is, I'm sure the people on the on the rivers and the lakes and that are like, yes, this is awesome. Okay. But us little peons that do not have a lake, or, <laughs> uh, I do have kiddie pools, but I did not get them out. I didn't. I, I'll be honest with you. Today, I did not go outside. I went out, took care of the animals. I I said I'm really sorry about how sucky the weather is, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going back in now. So and that's what I did. So hopefully that you're sitting by your radio and your phone and you'll give me some calls and things to talk about, you know, uh, during the next two hours, sharing your afternoon with me, the afternoon delight. And it is now official, you know, once Memorial Day weekend comes, it's this official drive time from the cat, you know, from yeah, the cabins and exactly. cabins. Yeah. And mm-hmm. now, now cabins, okay, you know what a cabin is? Yeah. And you're now the trabin, you know what the trabin is? Yes, I do. Okay, what's the trabin? It's the, the trailer that people go to right okay it's a trailer but it's on a lot but so it's on it's, a lot we're not yeah. calling it we're no. going to the trailer we're going to the trabin yes right? exactly okay, then the grabbing what's the grabbing uh is that like a garage or something yes okay the right, is right. a garage that they have people use that, for okay. a cabin okay okay now you know what a pobin is no what is that <laughs> i was talking to a gal and they have a place up uh, um on uh, yellow lake up in uh Webster. Okay. And what they did is they took a pole barn and created a pa- a, 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 a cabin out of it. So it's a pobin. Okay, a then. Pobin. Yep. All right. So we got the trabin, the grabbin, and the pobin. Okay. And the cabin. I was going <laughs> to so, say, and then we can't forget the actual there thing. There you go. There you go. So so there, you just got to yeah, have some fun with it. Have some fun with it. Yes. So, uh, yeah, two weeks away, you're at Urban Tales at a, at a remote uh, broadcast there. Yes. That was what they call it. And unfortunately, the parking was not good. <laughs> and so it was very kind of, I hope, I... I for any listeners that would took the time to try to find a parking spot, I, I appreciate it. Applaud you. You know, we only had a couple people that showed up at Urban Tales were really, really uh, on Lindale's there. They were awesome. They had it, like three kinds of coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, they had water. They had pop. They had the most awesome donuts ever, <laughs> and some great cookies. So I need to say myself uh, and um, uh, whatever you call it, Paul Black. Uh, yeah, we had uh, our. our quite a bit of cookies and, and donuts. This it was kind of all of us, just us. So, But I want to thank anybody, that the, the couple people that did stop by. But basically, I understand because the parking was a, a horror, horrid. And so, but anyway, and then last week was supposed to be Good Neighbor Days. And it, well, it was Good Neighbor Days. And I had a little something happen. And this is the last time I'm ever going to take off a work ever, ever. Remember the last <laughs> time I took off, I yes. had my kidney problem. Exactly. Okay, I had to go yep. to urgent care Sunday morning. Okay. And I was supposed to be doing my, that when my husband was in Alaska that right. Sunday. I was supposed to finish up redoing that, getting the house put back together yes. again after, yeah. Well, I wound up in urgent care, right? Oh, now that that's out of my kidney stone thing, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, okay, this past Sunday, Good Neighbor Days, I was supposed to, you know, part of Good Neighbor Days. Well, I did make it Thursday. I did not make it Friday because I, I thought it was a sinus infection, which I never get. But then it turned into where, as I wound up having, going to ER, or not ER, urgent care, 
Sunday morning again, <laughs> same time, and uh, and I had cellulitis in my jaw. And so, anyway, so uh, antibiotics. Does not sound fun. Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. I was taking ibuprofen every two hours. I was dying, and not dying, but I mean, I know there's people that have go through a oh, lot no, worse. Oh, no, you were but, dying. Yeah. Yeah, but, you were dying. That's, but anyway, that's so, legit uh, issues. Just say I, 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 try, I did the parade, the Good Neighbor Days parade, sat, Saturday morning, made it from 8 to 1, and then, boy, I, you know, I was taking ibuprofen every two hours, and then uh, uh, went home, took a nap, went down the Good Neighbor Days at 6, and I only made it to quarter to 10. I just, I couldn't do it. I mean, I was dying. And so anyway, so then Sunday, you say urgent care. And, and so, yeah, it was not a good neighbor days. It was not one for the books. <laughs> the weather held out for us. So the bands Friday night and Saturday night went uh, without a hitch. You know, it looked like the clouds were coming in, but they dissipated. And so a good time was had by all. So, and then which brings us to today. We're here. Yay. All right. Uh, a couple things. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers out there. My father uh, left in 2001. I mean, not leave, but he, he died in 2001. And so happy Father's Day to my dad in heaven. And then, um, so, and make sure you say happy Father's Day to whether you have two-legged kids or four-legged kids or whatever. So happy Father's Day to all of you out there. And then let's see what else. Um, oh, this coming Thursday, uh, June 21st, I believe. Is this Thursday, June 21st? I hope it is. Uh, but anyway, uh, whatever June 21st is, I'm going to be at Twin Cities Live again. And so uh, tune in sometime between three and four. Usually they've been having me on like about the three thirty no mark, you know, three thirty quarter to four mark. So uh, we're talking. Uh, we're gonna have a rescue there. I have not finalized. I don't. I don't know what rescue they got last time. It was Boston Terrier. And then I usually go on with a tip or two, you know, to, to, that anybody can use. So so that's, uh, I'll be on Twin Cities Live this coming Thursday, June 21st, and sometime between three and four. I right? need to tell my uncle and aunt to watch you. Ah. They just got a new puppy yesterday. Oh, no, what kind? They got a, so get this, they got a golden doodle. Oh, no. However, the golden doodle is actually black. Yeah, mm-hmm. they come in black, yep. But it's weird. I I, I, I had never seen yeah. or heard of a. Well, see, a black is a is a dominant gene. Okay, right, 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 right. So yeah, and so that's why anytime you go into yeah. the poodle lines, there's a lot of black poodles out right, there. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so you know, there's a white, black, apricot, yeah, uh, gray or silver, yeah. you know, type thing. And so anyway, but yeah, so yeah, well, you wouldn't think of a golden doodle being black. Right. But, yeah. yeah. So, I was just like, what? Huh? And why did they want one? They're such high energy. Are they high energy people? They have two kids. How old? Um. One is an eighth grader, so she just turned oh, okay. 13, and the other one is a sophomore in high school. The big thing they got to remember is to keep up on that coat. Yeah. So they, 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 I mean, that, that people use the wrong brushes for the wrong I told coat. them, I said, you have no yeah. excuse to not listen to us anymore. Yeah, there so you go. There you I was go. like, get on that yeah, computer, start the, podcasting. And, all the doodles, all the doodle people out there. Yes. Uh, whatever your doodle is crossed with, you need a rake. Okay, and it looks like the old-fashioned garden rake, you know, it has tines. Depends right. on how deep the coat is, how long the tines, okay, because the tines come in short, shorter and longer. Yeah. And then you go down and you come through, okay, and then that's the biggest thing you need. And then you need a comb that has the wide, you know, things on it. And okay. then, now this sounds weird, but I find if you go to Fleet Farm in the horse section, Oscar has this brush. It's round, okay, okay and it's got kind of long you know, 
plastic or, or whatever, well, yeah, plastic things, yeah, and, uh, rubber knobbers at the end of it. Yeah, that is un- invaluable for like untwisting the, you know, that curly coat. You know, what I mean, it really get yeah. it broke up, and and because you use it for the mane and the tails of, of horses, uh huh, you know, try not to break you know, as much of the mane or tail right. as possible as you're trying to car- comb out the snarls. Yeah, but it's a round brush, and it's pretty good size. Well, the most doodles are pretty good size. Yeah, but anyway, so that's one that it would be really good. But they should find a groomer ASAP, and then start get you know getting the dog used to being groomed and stuff like that. I told because- them to take take her to um your class, uh-huh. your puppy class. Yay, so. good. Well, yeah, her they- name is Stella. Stella. Yeah, I just watched Stella. Uh, a pit bull named Stella last uh, Friday. Oh yeah, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. It was nice dog. Doesn't does not like other dogs, so, <laughs> but beautiful, great dog for you know for people and kids yeah. and such. But anyway, so Twin Cities Live this is coming Thursday, sometime between three and four. So check us in. Check me out on that. The cat video. What da- when's that? Is that August eighth down at uh, CHS Field? Is that uh, the the cat video? I don't know. I might try to go to that this year. I believe it really sounds so. like a good time. So can't remember. But uh, anyway, then let's see what else we got. Oh, what's coming up here? Minsnap. Our friends at Minsnap Spay Neuter Assistance Program. They're having tail taps and tails to raise funds to fight pet overpopulation. Yeah, it is going to be. Let's see where are we at? It's Tuesday, June twenty sixth, from six to eight p.m. at the Abel Seed House and Brewery on Quincy Street, Minneapolis. And let's see, dogs are welcome and rolling over Rover Bistro, a dog snack shop on wheels. We'll sell cool, healthy treats, one-of-a-kind hilarious t-shirts by Minneapolis artists and illustrator James Edgerson. Will also be for sale, will be also for sale, will be a benefit, MinSnap's affordable and accessible spay neuter program. Let's see, MinSnap's mobile surgery clinic travels throughout Minnesota seven days per week at its stationary clinic in North East Minneapolis in, is open from on Tuesday through Friday. So uh, let's see what's okay. Well, uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay, the the, the taps and tails a fundraiser to fight a pet over population at Abel Seed House Brewery in Quincy, Minneapolis. Okay, Tuesday, June 26, 6 to 8. The brewery will host a cash bar, and one dollar of every pint sold and sip <laughs> will help uh, the Minnesota Spade Neuter. Uh, uh, association or Minnesota Spade Neuter Program. Okay, so that's you know, mark your calendar Tuesday, June 26, 6 to 8, Able Seed Brewery and Quincy and Minneapolis. Okay, all right. So if any of you guys got questions, give a holler 651 641 1071. 651 641 1071. Body painting. You know how to make body paint in case you just need to paint your body? Well, I'll tell you when we come back. Hey, thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning me in on yet another Sunday that is very hot. And so hopefully, folks, you are not taking your dogs out in this mess. And then, you know, fine if you want to take them to the lake and have them, you know, but to stay off the hot tar, if you can't walk barefoot on it, you're making your dog walk. Boy, I'll tell you, you know, you're going to put your dog into heat stroke. Dogs that are overweight, folks, or smashed in faces, you know, like your your Frenchies, your Bulldogs, things like that, your Pugs, should not be out in this kind of weather. They just can't. Uh, they can't function well so please you know take your dogs into consideration say oh but he need but oh no this is this is the time to just kind of play some games inside maybe hide and seek teach a trick or whatever type of thing but do not take your dogs out in this stuff you know we should not be and especially older dogs too just like older people you know they don't weather it very well but uh, overweight dogs i mean if that dog, if dog is slowing down and that t- t- tongue is dropping and the head is dropping you get your dog uh, cooled down immediately you could take ice and you can put it on the pads of their feet or you can 
stand them in water. Do not take a hose and go over the top of the dog. You know, it's, uh, they can chill their kidneys, and then they can wind up having kidneys sick. Uh, uh, so anyway, so if you're going to get your dog wet, start at the feet, go up the legs, along the side, and then over the back if you're going to bring out the hose. But otherwise, you know, get your dog a kiddie pool, teach them to go in, and I'll start out with no water, throw treats in there, have their favorite toy in there, then put then start out with an inch of water, and eventually uh, the dog will be jumping in and out and having a good time. Okay, once again, got a question, give a holler. 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We got open line so you can dive, we can dive right to you. Did you tell us about the body paint? No, I was just going to okay. do that. Yay. Okay, yay. I thought paint. I had missed it. Yeah, no, now this, this would be something to be fun, you know, with the kids and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Okay, body paint. What you do is you take Crisco. Okay. Which, if any, does anybody use that anymore because of how bad it is for us in the inside? But so, anyway, we, I do. Crisco, yeah. okay, and then you mix it with food color. What you do is heat the crystal in Crisco in the microwave, pour into an empty, you know, those 35 millimeter uh, containers that the films would go oh, yeah, into, yeah, okay, yeah. that yep. size of container. Okay. Okay, so you pour it in there and then mix in the food color of your choice and allow to cool. Okay. Oh, okay. And then you would put your finger in there and then you'd start painting yourself up is what oh. it is. Okay. Huh. It'd be nice for your, uh, I don't know about the food coloring. Hopefully it wouldn't stain. Yeah. I was going to say your, well, uh, maybe, maybe you, with the Crisco, maybe it, do, it doesn't have time. To, you know, it puts a yeah, layer, yeah. you know, like when people that dye their hair, they put like Vaseline and stuff like that, you know, along. So it doesn't, oh, the hair. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So maybe with the Crisco, it, it puts that layer in there. So, and th- so that's what'll do that. But that'd be something fun to do with kids is the, the body paint. So, And then if you want to do tie-dye t-shirts, mix a solution of Kool-Aid in a container, tie a rubber band around the section of the t-shirt and soak. So anyway, so yeah, so Kool-Aid. I, but I wonder how long then would it uh, hold up to washing? Obviously, you wouldn't put it in the dryer. You'd have to wash it in cold water. So I don't know. But the, So if you want to tie-dye uh, anything, there you go. I love tie-dye. Always did. I loved it back then, and I still love it. I got quite a few shirts that are... Uh, uh, tie-dye. Love them, love them, love them. So anyway. Okay, so if you got questions, that'll be great. And then what else do we got? Oh, uh, one thing that when people, I've, I've, I've been talking to some people about, you know, they lost a dog and now they're thinking about getting a new dog. And uh, what? how do you know when you're picking out a dog at a rescue? Or what are you looking for? First of all, folks, don't go for the fall for the story of the dog. Okay, the story is not who the dog is. The dog is the personality you have to work with. Breeds have our look, but the personality is what you have to, to work with. Now, the big thing is, folks, is that, now, what is your lifestyle? Okay, do you love hiking and camping and such like that? Well, then obviously you need a dog with a little bit of extra energy. You're not going to go out and get a, a pug or a, an English bulldog or a Frenchie because they can't keep up with you, all right? They got short faces and short legs, all right? But... And then you, what you got to do is that so you got to find out what's conducive to your, like if you're a runner, then maybe get a doodle of some sort or a hunting breed of some sort that is, has that energy level that you want for running and walk or, and such. But then what is the personality? And so many people get the calm, the shy one that's over in the corner and it looks like it needs a friend. You know, if you have a very busy lifestyle and very social, uh, you're around a lot of people, or let's say you've got kids that got friends, you do not want a shy dog into your circle, okay? Because that dog is going to be under, he'll be along fine with his immediate family, but you're putting people, all your guests and your friends' guests into jeopardy because that a lot of times those shy dogs do not adjust well to, you know, 
meeting new people, all right? So you got to look at what is your lifestyle and then what personality of dog that you want to get. All your dogs, if you have a, a, a lifestyle of go get them and lots of friends and, and you're there and, you know what I mean, like and such, then what you need is a dog that's just a happy, happy dog. That is like, hi, I love you and hi, I love you and hi, I love you, okay? You do not want that shy one over in the corner and if you give it enough hug and love, it will come out of the corner. No, it won't, all right? That'll be like, I was just talking to a gal this week. She got this dog and the dog wants a killer cat. And then um, he wants to eat any friends that come over. And they've only had him for about a month. And so the problem is, is that the the rescue that that adopted this dog to that family, this they never, ever had a dog before. This dog was not conducive to going to that family. And so if you work in the rescue, you know, you have to really make sure, not just that they have a, a fenced-in yard and da-da-da-da. Who is that family? And they never had a dog before? Then make sure you get the right personality that that dog is not going to, you know, challenge them and send them over the edge. And so I really felt sorry for this mom and, and her, her couple of daughters. I strongly suggested that you take the dog back because it was not it was not a good situation. I think something was going to happen wrong. And so that's why you as rescue people out there, you make sure that you drill the family. I, the fenced in yard, okay, great. It keeps the dog in there. But how is the family going to work with this dog, all right? And so anyway, so that's, but the big thing is that if you've never had a dog before, you want one that is happy, happy, easygoing, and, and just, you just exude happiness that's what you want okay and then if you know dogs and you know how to work dogs and you know what a shy dog can do and sometimes it can become that fear biter okay when you know that then you make sure you find a person that knows how to work with that and you can tell by questioning them if they know or not because your, your job is to adopt this dog to a forever home and remember we're not calling them foster failures anymore we're calling them foster winners okay so if you you know like i'm a foster winner three times <laughs> <laughs> I won the dogs. But anyway, okay, so we'll talk a little bit more about that. But let's go to the phone lines. Okay. We have Connie on the line, and Connie has a question about, um, uh, so we were talking about brush choices yes. for the, the golden doodles yes. and whatever. Um, she's wondering about her dog. And, okay, yeah. well, let's talk because that's very, very important. Yes, it is. Okay, hey, Connie, how you doing? Hi, I'm great. Um, I just heard your response to um, for suggestions for brushes for doodles. Yep. And um, I have a Cavalier King Charles, and with his long hair, it kind of has a tendency to get matted up. We yep. don't, you know, we can clip those out. But do you have a suggestion for brushes for that breed? Right. And what you're going to do is uh, for like the feathering, you know, the tails. Now, do you keep her in full coat, or do a buzzer for the winter? We or keep summer, her in I mean. full. A full coat, okay. Full coat. So you've so yeah. you've got all the feathering and such. So what would be good for that is uh, like a comb, where on one end of the comb it's kind of more narrow, the tines are more closer together, and the other end of the comb is wider, and so you can pick through it. All right. Then also okay. there's a, a hand brush. Well, the rake would work also for that, but again you can find them uh, smaller size, you know, for that. But the the comb would be better. And then also, God, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of a round brush. All right, and then it has you know uh, plastic knobbers that come up to the center, and then rubber at the end of it. Okay, and, oh, okay. and then that there will, is great for working with the you know like the hair behind the ears. It's like that real soft, toughy stuff that really gets matted real easy. That's really yes. good for detangling that, and then it's good for the pants and it's good for the feathering also. But it's it's kind of a roundish brush or an oval brush. And okay. I don't know what the official name is. I'll have to ask my groomer what the official name of that brush is. Because like I said, it's round or oval. And it's, and it's uh, they're not metal, but they're 
uh, plastic, you know, tines that come up. Okay, and then the rubber, okay. there are little round rubber things at the end of each tine, okay? Okay. And each one. And like I said, that goes so really, really nice. And then the, the body of uh, of the coat, when the dog is shedding, you want a slicker brush when the dog is okay. shedding. Otherwise, just uh, you can even use just, uh, you know, the, the gloves that you can put on that have those little plastic numbers on it. Okay, you yeah. put that for the body of your co- that dog's coat, you can use that. Okay. okay. And so All that, right, we'll give it a try. Okay. Good luck. Take care. Thanks, Thanks. for the call. Bye. Bye bye. Hey, we got open lines, six five one six four one one oh seven one. Okay, what's up? Okay, we have Teresa on the line. And Teresa has a question about the two dogs that she have. It's has it's a mom and a child, okay. a daughter. Yep. Um now they're starting to fight. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Doesn't sound too fun. No, it's not gonna be. Yeah. Hey Teresa, how you doing? Good. Good, good. So what kind of dogs are they? They are Chinese Sharpays. Okay, the Sharpays. Okay. How yes, old is the mom? I've had Sharpays well, probably for the last 10 years. Okay. okay. Different Sharpays. They've always gotten along. Now mom, daughter is a year old. Okay. And mom is trying to do the dominant thing, so she's the alpha, and will attack her, and then the next second... Cleaning her ears or cleaning her wounds or whatever. Right, yep, okay. And there's a male in the house, a, a son, who I'm going to get neutered, but um, it, it just it just started, like, after their first heat, which right. I understand. I, I guess, how do I correct this? Well, it's not a it's not a question of correcting. So if you want to hang on, we got to come, go run to break and come back. Okay. And so what we have to do is there's uh, the pack has to be structured a little bit different here, and you have to understand the dynamics of why things are happening. So let's talk about that when we get back. Okay. 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 Sit tight, folks. We'll be back. Alrighty then. I couldn't do a joke one left because I forgot to open the book and find one to do. So so we'll just quick throw one in right now. Okay. You ready? Where does a dog leave his car? Where does a dog leave his car? Uh, I was going to say something about dog park, but... I don't How know. about the barking lot? The barking lot. That makes go. more sense. Yes. Right, yes. I like it. Okay. like it. Let's run back to Teresa. Hey, we got some open lines. 651-641-1071. Hey, Teresa. Hey. Okay. Now, she's got... You got uh, Sharpay. And how old is the mom? Mom is about four. About four. Okay. And uh, is this the first time you kept a litter mate? In one of her kids? Uh, this is the first litter she's had. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. And the, the big thing, what happens when uh, they start fighting? First of all, females, especially if they're, they're neither one is fixed, uh, and then the heat season comes in, that raises hackles right there. All right? Uh, two females have a harder time getting along than a male and a female. And then if you've got an intact male in the house, too, there's a lot of stuff, dynamics of of maturing sexually, and then uh, the hormones flying and such like that. So now, what seems to be the trigger? How many times have they fought? Uh, pretty much every time I come in, say I come home from work or I let them into the house, um, I have doggy doors so they can go out and I have a fenced in about a yacht, about a acre. Okay. And so they can come in and out. And it's like every time I come, she'll attack the daughter. Yep. And then the next second, she's 
grooming her. Right. But see, but what the, the mentality is, is that number one, she's teaching her mom, the kid a lesson that I'm first, you're second. And uh-huh. so then once she gets her, her licks in, uh, you know what I mean? Trying to teach her that lesson that, you know, don't even think about, you know, taking, you know, getting a notch up here. <laughs> okay. Then what's going to happen? Of course, then it's kind of like, okay, now let's move forward. And now I'm your mom. All right. But now what's going to happen is that the mom card is going to be uh, less and less. And then they're just going to have two females that are, you know, that dealing with hormones and such things like that. Now, mm-hmm. do you, have you ever heard of the whole dog journal, the magazine? No. Okay. Got a piece of paper and a pencil or not? Yes. Okay. It's called the Whole Dog Journal. They just did an article about this, so it's really kind of goofy that you, you would call about this. But oh. anyway, and what article you want to get, and it's it's by Pat Miller, and the article that you want is How to Stop Dog Fighting in the House, okay? How to okay. Stop Dog Fighting in the House. And it's been updated January 3rd, 2018, all right? But if you okay. go to their website, I think it's Whole Dog journal-something.com uh, but just kind of enter it and see what what pops up I've been uh, they started their magazine in 1998 and I've been a subscriber ever since okay but the thing is is that because it's a very complicated situation that you have and so the thing is is that before literally you know things are getting tore up and blood is you know flying off the walls you have to be aware of this and so you what you've got to do is that dogs fight or go over that bite inhibition you know go over that threshold to actually bite okay with stress okay now the stress could be between you know what I mean, uh, the, all of them, you, you know, you don't, you're, you're a, kind of a stress factor for the fact that they can feel or smell that you're stressed over something too, you know, and so right. that kind of, that uh, spins the bottle even more. So anyway, so the thing is, is that if it's something like when you're like going through thresholds, then what you've got to do is she's the one pounding the, you know, her daughter, then the threshold, but you know, I know you got doggy doors, but you know, if you want to work on this, those doggy doors can't be working like that, or you keep the mom in a kennel or the, the daughter in a kennel, and then you are in charge of letting them in and out, not by way of the, you know, the doggy door, all right? That's becoming one of the triggers, all right? And so one of these times, she's going to pound the crap out of her, and so uh, just to really to lay it in that I'm cool, and, you know, I'm number one, and you're, you know, under me, you know, type thing. You do not dare, see, like if the daughter would try to go through the door, prior to your mom or right. try to squeeze by her, you know, yeah, that's what she's, she's going to get pounded because the leader goes through first. Uh, the peons go through second. All right. And so the she's trying to teach the daughter like, hey, back off and let me go through first or don't try to do tiesies, like try to squeeze through at the same time. <laughs> OK. And so that's that's where that's where and that's what's happening. That's natural for dogs to do is that they has to there has to be a pack order. There has to be. And then if, if and you've got to see how this dynamics is playing out and you've got to take those triggers away. So that you can, you know, try to soothe because pretty soon the animosity is going to get more and more. And then all of a sudden the daughter is going to say, you know, I'm I'm, I'm t- sick and tired of you pounding on me. Here yeah, we right go. Right now she's submissive. Okay. Yeah. But no, yeah. it's going to, it's, she's going to turn, you know, it's just a question of when she's only a year. My guess is probably when she gets about a year and a half too, is when she's going to start going up against mom. She's still kind of a pup, you know, yet, yeah. you know, yeah. and her hormones haven't, you know, completely made her a woman yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, because usually domestic dogs sexually mature uh, a year and a half to two. Okay, okay, wolves is three to four years old. And when that sexual maturity comes through is when usually they start really, if nobody's fixed. 
then that's right. where the turmoil starts really spinning is what happens, right? And so that's why you've got to educate yourself at, on the stress factors that can, you know, will cause this. And you've got to learn to read the triggers and you've got to figure out a different way of handling the way your house runs so that the do- you don't give the, the mom the opportunity to pound on the daughter. All right. Because like I say, the day will come. The daughter's going to say, I am done with this. And, and here we go. And so then all of a sudden now you, you, you got, you know, the blood all over the place. So as, as there's another book, too, is called um, I, I don't know if you've ever read it is called uh, Canine Body Language by Aloft, A-L-O-F-F. And when you okay. got multiple dogs, that's a that's a Bible for dogs that have multiple dogs, because what happens is you can it teaches you how to read uh, about dog body language, how they hold their head, their tail. And it can happen in the blink of an eye. But if you get really good at reading the body language, you see it built, you know, see it coming. And then it's like you can diffuse, all right? And so, uh, you know, people that have been around dogs, you know, such as myself and other other trainers, man, we can see where that when that change happens, all of a sudden, like I said, all of a sudden you can, you just watch the ears and it's like, oh, okay, got to get in there right now because crap's coming. <laughs> yeah. So that canine, that canine body language will help you. And then, like I say, go to the whole dog journal and get, it's called Dog on Dog uh, Household Aggression. Okay, oh. and how to stop dogs fighting in the house. Okay, you can just enter that in their search box. Okay, and see if they you oh. can pull up that article. I'm trying to think. Wait a minute. You know, I might have po- posted this one on my go to. Are you uh, go to my Katie K nine Facebook? Okay, you know yep, Katie K A T I and then K dash nine and look back to last week. It's either last week or the week before. I might I might have posted this on because so many people deal with it, and so it's so important that you know because usually when they cross a bite threshold, you know, to other dogs, and eventually it does cross over to humans. You know, there's so much stress going on, and it could be like I say, the maturity of things that are happening. But you've got to eliminate those stress factors, otherwise, like I say, it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly. All right. All right. Okay. I have one more quick sure. question, if it's okay. Sure. I have a male Sharpay, and yep. he was born with a crippled leg. Okay. Which he doesn't even know it's crippled. He, he just yeah. plays and everything like oh, that. Oh, yeah. But he just gobbles his food like somebody is going to steal it. Yeah. And it, 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 he's the only one. The other two just kind of pick at it, whatever. Right. But, I mean, he gobbles it so fast that... I mean, it's not healthy I don't for him. know how to stop that, right. but well, you, you can't because the same amount as the other two dogs, so it's not like he's starving. Right, right, right. But no, see, the thing is, is it's in the genetics of dogs to go in because usually, like, let's say the uh, let's say a coyote took down a, a deer. Okay, since he took it down, he gets the first. He gets to eat the good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and then the crows come in, and you know everything else comes in. And dogs are meant to be scavengers. They are put on this earth to eat, you know, to be the cleanup crew. And so they usually come in at the end of the, you know, what's left, and they learn that. They it's instinctive to them that they better hurry up and eat because something else might come in and take some. So I'm going to get as much as I possibly can, okay? And then if they eat too much, they go over and they, dogs are one of the only dog or animals, mammals, that can regurgitate at will. And so if they ate too much, they'll go over and find a corner or someplace and they'll throw up. They'll eat some of what they want and then they'll bury the rest for later consumption, all right? right. I know it yeah. sounds gross to us. But so the, in some uh, personalities that, that, trigger of eating hurry up and just gulp it is higher than others all right so when you have a gulper it's really unhealthy for them to, to eat the dry food like that and then some of them will actually go over and throw up you know after they, they inhale it so fast the best thing that you can do Ed, is what you got to look at is that when the dog any dog eats dry food it's like eating a box of saltine crackers and then they go over and drink a buttload of water to compensate for all that matter all right, right. dry matter so the best thing you can do for gulpers or dogs that are deep chested and long where they're prone to um, 
uh, bloat is to you take what you feed, uh, what you're going to feed, let's say it's a cup, okay, a cup of dog food. You put it in the bowl. You fill it with hot tap water till everything floats really nice. Put it aside. Wait till it's all, all the water is gone, and the, then take the uh, a fork and fluff up the food and make sure the food is soft. Add okay. any supplements that you want. Now feed it. Now what you've done is you broke down the food, the kibble, so that if he does choose to gar, you know, to, to scarf it, at least that that stuff is not sitting in his stomach, you know, just literally throwing in there. And when you watch the process of how it rehydrates, you're just amazed. It's amazing how dog stomachs can break it down and extrude anything out of it, right? So that's why you do. You'd be wise. I tell anybody with gulpers is you rehydrate hydrate that dry food. Okay, so you just, and uh, uh, grain-free, it takes about uh, an hour to rehydrate. And then, like, okay. let's say beef and tr- or beef and rice or lamb and rice, you know, type a non-grain-free, usually takes about 20 minutes to a half hour to rehydrate. And so you got to figure your schedule out. And some people are very busy. I can't do that. I say, well, then make dinner at breakfast and breakfast at dinner. You know, soak right. it and cover it. But always make sure you fluff it and make sure that it's, you know, it's kind of soft, fairly soft, put it to the core, and then feed it, okay? Don't just feed it. Never feed it with the the kibble floating in the water. That's even actually more harmful for the dog to, to slurp it down like that. Okay. Okay, but that's the best way to do it because there is no way. That's just as, as heightened in his personality, okay, to just eat as fast as you can. And then, okay, now what? <laughs> right, right. Okay, so that's the main name of the game. But you need to, like I said, there's a lot of work that you need to do. There's, there is no magic wand for this. It's how you run your pack is how it's going to prevent the fighting, all right? Right. All right, well, thank you. I will try the tips, and I'll go to that website. Excellent. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a great day. You bet. Bye-bye. Trivia time? Yes, ma'am. Okay, here we go. Okay, what happened when the clam went to the gym? What happened when the clam went to the gym? We'll be back. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Katie Canine Show. I'm here every Sunday, 4 to 6, during your drive time home from your, whether you have a cabin, a trabin, a grabbin, Napoleon. All right. <laughs> I know people are scratching their head. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Okay. What happened when the clam went to the gym? He got think all about it. Think about he it. He got he got clammy. No, <laughs> he pulled a muscle. Oh. Oh, M U S S. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. He okay. That's funny. That's funny. I'll give you that one. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's a good one. I'll be here next week. I'll be here next week. Me too. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. You ready? Let's, yes. Uh, where are we going? We are going to Heather, and Heather has a question about um, supplements. All right. Supplements. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. Every dog, every human needs supplements. Yes. Hi, Heather. How you doing? I am good, Katie. I'm not melting. Hopefully, you're not either. No, that's nice and cool in here. That's not, That is really, <laughs> when you got a lot of digital equipment and you know, equipment, they keep it very cool. <laughs> that's good. So, if anything, I could probably wear a hoodie in here and, and be perfectly fine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so uh, hopefully you're staying cool, too. Oh, absolutely. Good. What can I do for you? Okay, so I was listening last week to your best of show, and you and Dr. Levy um, mentioned some supplements for a dog that has a luxating patella. Mm-hmm. And um, your excellent producer was able to tell me the air date of the original show, so I can go back and get the names of those again. Yay. But then um, I was wondering, 
I know that you are now also promoting uh, Wapiti Lab. Yep. So I was just wondering, is, is there an updated supplement recommendation since then? Well, the Wapiti Labs is, you know, their, their mobility for dogs that are having, you know, joint problems and such like that is phenomenal. And the older okay. ones, older dogs, you know, like that are eight, nine or up or whatever type thing, they have a senior mobility and then they have regular mobility. All right. Okay. And then the, the ones that we're probably talking ta- about, uh, standard process is mm-hmm. uh, a huge, is what Dr. Jess recommends. And as far okay. as, because I'm trying to think now, because it's been about three weeks for me, <laughs> I'm trying to think which which ones I want to think. That, but uh, yeah, you have to, but I know that the, they yeah. were from standard process. Yeah, I remember that. And yeah. I know they have a flex support and a musculoskeletal support. And yep. I guess I'm not sure which one would be the best choice. Yeah. Um, well, the, the, my guess is that, you know, that would be a question. What you should do is email Dr. Jess okay, and she will be more than happy to say, you know, you heard the replay, you know, you heard the, and you can't, which would be better for your situation. Okay. okay. Cause you just go to holistic dash vet dash care.com to, and you can email her and she's usually Johnny on the spot about getting back. Okay. Great. As far as which one to go, but that Wapiti Labs and mobility is a, a phenomenal. That elk antler velvet, it, okay. it, I've just seen some phenomenal things. But then, like I say, if you got the lactelian pata, the patella, you know, the the, the real bad, bad slop, then that's where the, the, that will help also. But then also the stuff from standard press, process. Okay, yeah, our vet says it's a grade two luxating patella, so he didn't really give the impression that that was anything too critical, but. Uh-huh. I know, it's there's so many things that you can do to help. And, and um, yeah. now this time of year, uh, uh, the best exercise for anything like that is aquatics, you know, is swimming because it's okay. non-weight bearing and you build those muscles up. And that what is really help over the overall. So anytime okay. you can do non-weight bearing and then and like swimming, that is the best thing for, for those dogs to build that muscle up, to keep everything tight, you know, and, and, but in the less, uh, the less, cause a lot of people, when they see their dog limping or whatever, they're, Oh, I don't want to hurt them. Well, no, they need that muscle built up just like, uh-huh. like in humans, you know, when we go through like knee surgery, hip surgery, stuff like that, it's easier to sit and do nothing, but you know what? You're not building any muscle back up again. You're losing muscle and everything exactly. gets sloppier. And so, like I say, it's, cause I'm the last. I'm the, uh, I personally, I, I will go out of my way for myself and for my animals to not do any surgery to do by way of whether it be, uh, you know, exercises, you know, uh, uh, remedies, you know, natural stuff to try uh-huh. to help the body repair itself or at least maintain itself. And so okay. that's what, yeah. Cause like I say, everybody's so quick to say, okay, like with, uh, Hip dysplasia, there's so many, you know, like, oh, we just got, and, and nine times out of 10, if you do one hip, you're going to have to do the other hip. Same with the uh, the ACLs. When a dog tears one, with usually within a year, the next, the other one has to be done. And there words, I know many dogs that people can't afford the surgery, and so they just go by way of exercise, keeping the dog as thin as possible. Um, where you, you look at the dog, and it's like, geez, I think the dog needs weight. That's perfect, because now it's not lugging so much weight around that is, you know, damaging, that damaged already you know and so yeah. like i said so that's that there, there's a lot of ways of doing it i had a uh chocolate lab weimariner cross uh brandy she had hip dysplasia in both hips and she uh, going up and downstairs she would like you know uh hop like a bunny but she was never in any pain and i just you know kept her low weight you know where she was she was good weight her diet was good her supplements were excellent and she lived to be 17 and so usually the last oh i'd say about the last six months of her life i'd have to give her um Boswellia, which is kind of like an aspirin, but you know it's a natural, you know, mm-hmm. to, to help with a pain every once in a while. You could tell by how she got up and such. But otherwise, like I said, she lived to be seventeen, and she was she was great. So, 
But like okay, I said, don't try it. Surgery should be the last thing unless you can seriously see that dog is in, in excruciating pain. I mean, then uh, obviously we, we got to do some ASAP. But otherwise, yeah. if you got something, it, it, like I said, exercise, it just, it, it, it's huge. It's huge. So, okay. Okay. All right. Okay, kiddo. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All righty then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the biggest thing, guys, especially if your dogs have any joint pain, and this is what I don't get. People will spend that $4,000 on ACL or hip repair, and then they, they get the dog's fat, or they don't lose they have the dog lose the weight before surgery. Folks, if you're going to spend that kind of money, if you truly love that pet, you will get them as lean as possible. That is part, just like with people that need knee surgery. You know, if you're 100 pounds overweight, they're not going to do knee surgery on you because you're no. just going to blow your knee. I mean, it's, it's not going to work. So that's why, you know, folks, feed less of your food too many people feed their dogs like puppies you know whereas they fed two cups when the dog was six months yeah and now it's eight years old and they still feed two cups no when a dog's system comes to it gets to three years old they are done now they just maintain they're done growing and so now you, the food starts getting almost cut in half of what you feed from that point on and then treats you know if your dog is starting to get heavy then nix the processed treats you know to give veggies all kind carrots have a lot of uh, sugar in it so try to nix or you know, not too many carrots a green peas has a lot of sugar to it but what about green beans cauliflower uh, uh broccoli uh, eggplant there's so many s- stuff out there that you can do that is you know non-calories for your dogs at and will be good for them and not put that extra weight on. And if you have somebody in the household that is, you know, oh, but look, he's so sad. I need to give him a treat. Okay, if you got something like that that will not listen and help you, then, folks, you know what you do? You feed your dog accordingly. If they got that person that's constantly flipping treats and such like that, you then when dinner time comes, they get one nugget of food and that's it. You know, they already got enough food during the course of the day. But people have a hard time. Oh, but he didn't have dinner. He had dinner all day. <laughs> so, he just had a elongated dinner there you go you had breakfast that yeah. went right into dinner yeah exactly you know? <laughs> and so yeah and, and see i'm not a treat person the only time i bring out treats for my dogs is uh if i'm teaching a trick oh okay type thing that's yeah. that's it otherwise no their dog my dog is not racing to the refrigerator and every time i open it go okay what am i gonna get what am i gonna get what's she gonna drop you know, what's yeah, she gonna yeah, drop exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and so that's what i mean is that you know you create your own monsters but you know folks uh, like i tell everybody when i give the spiel during classes is that I know when my dogs are leaving or my cat or my horse or my chicken or whatever is leaving that I know I didn't over vaccinate them. I didn't get them, have them too fat. They were just right. So that didn't kill them. Yeah. Okay. And then um, their diet was as possibly good that I can give them. And I didn't put any chemicals on or in them that I would not put on or in myself. So I try to keep them along around and in good health as long as possible that it was just their time to go yeah you know, that that's it and there's a lot of people i've had some people say well i didn't do this you know i i didn't do the chemicals and i didn't do that and i didn't do this and, but they still got cancer you know what folks i know people that are fitness gurus that have to deal with cancer yeah but the thing exactly. is, is that you want to try to keep everybody as healthy as possible for as long as possible okay okay think about this okay what is something you always leave behind at the beach what is something you always leave behind at the beach? We'll be